now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD Radio Network. Uh, 1017, 103.5, 1460 AM, available on all three frequencies, as well as the TuneIn app and WRADradio.com. It is bright and early on a Wednesday. Thank you for starting your day with us. Ready to talk some sports, ready to get, get, get into the, the biggest stories of the day. But I want to remind you uh, right out the gate here that in a little under two hours, we will have the Roth Report featuring Bill Roth where we'll discuss some of the chaotic nature of the ACC basketball season over the last few days, as well as his reactions uh, to the tragic news over the weekend of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashing and and uh, he and eight others of aboard uh, failing to, to survive the crash. So that's coming up in a little under two hours, right about uh, 8.05. We'll get Bill on here and have those conversations. In the meantime, let's make sure you're ready for any sports conversation that you do find yourself in. And for that, we turn to Gotcha Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And we'll start by getting you covered with a little ACC basketball action, starting with the hometown Hokies dropping their second consecutive game in conference, this one on the road at Miami. And uh, it's starting to look like maybe this team is hitting a bit of a wall. Uh, The Hokies started off the season tremendously exceeding expectations, and now over the last four games, they've been playing to the expectations that we had for them at the beginning of the season. Competitive in most games, not necessarily pulling them off. Of their last four games, the only win they were able to to secure is against a a very, very underperforming University of North Carolina team, and they needed two overtimes to get that victory. So so Virginia Tech coming back to earth a bit. um, They spoiled us. They played above expectations, and now we're having to come back to earth uh, with a vengeance. But I will say this. uh, Caution against Blaming the freshman. Oh, it's the freshman hitting the freshman wall. Against Miami, the three returning players that played a role on last year's team, the team that made it to the Sweet 16, Wabisabidi, P.J. Horn, and Isaiah Wilkins, they played 87 minutes combined, took 21 shots, making just four, good for a little over 19%, scored just 12 points, and combined for seven of the team's 12 turnovers. So this team as a whole is hitting a bit of a wall, not just the freshman. If you look at the the UVA game uh, last night, and you can call it the UVA game because they won against number five ranked Florida State. The defending national champions had a rabbit in their hat last night, beating what I would consider a much more impressive to this point in the season Florida State team, 61-56. And they did it on the heels of their main contributors. Mamadi Diakite, Braxton Key, and Kihei Clark scored 19 points, 13 points, and 15 points respectively. The rest of the team scored 14 combined. So when when UVA gets major contributions from their three quote-unquote stars, they can beat anyone in the country, including Florida State. Elsewhere in the ACC, Duke on their way to a win in Pittsburgh had a bit of a a drama-filled night because their coach, Coach K, decided to meddle in the fans' operations. After hearing the the fans chant, Jeff Capel, sit with us, 
saying that Jeff Capel, the head coach of Pittsburgh, who is a former player and assistant coach at Duke, would rather have been sitting in the fan section of Duke because he's a Duke guy. Uh, coach K misheard it, uh, apparently, and decided to go absolutely berserk at the student section, having to be held back by a referee before letting out a few very big shut-ups to his own fans. How about this? And he later apologized, by the way, saying he misheard it and all these other things. Um, how about this? Worry about coaching your team. The, the other team's coach, he's a big boy. He's an adult. He can handle himself, even if the fans get a little personal with their chanting from the stands. Uh, the Astros, uh, let's move on to another sport. The Astros look like they are appearing to be hiring Dusty Baker for their vacant managerial position. It's an un- uninspired hire. I'm not sure how many... Uh, wins he will propel them to above and beyond what an average manager would give them. But he's run the Giants, Cubs, Reds, and Nationals in his career. And and by all accounts, he's run them as a good guy. And that is what is needed in Houston, more so than anything right now. Uh, 70-year-old, grandfatherly type that can get them back on track morally after a, a cheating scandal. Uh, Elsewhere in college basketball, two Miami of Ohio games have been canceled due to the uh, perhaps appearance of the coronavirus on campus. A, a student that had recently traveled to China has been showing symptoms, and because of that and the contagious nature uh, of that disease, they have canceled two of the Miami of Ohio games, one men and one women's basketball uh, game. I'll just put it this way. I'm terrified of really contagious stuff. I've seen a MRSA virus go through an athletic program like nobody's business. So so I'm all for canceling class, canceling games, sending everybody home, putting them in a bubble until this virus gets gets absolutely eradicated from campus. Uh, I'm fine with Miami of Ohio being extra, extra, extra cautious. Uh, when it comes to Kobe, there is now a petition out there with over half a million signatures uh, d- uh, petitioning to change the NBA logo to be a silhouette of Kobe rather than a silhouette of Jerry West. And I am actually all in on this one. Use it as a reminder to drive and focus on your goals the way Kobe did. And also, Jerry West, who he would be replacing, has actually been almost as influential as an executive as he was as a player during his playing career. And guess what? Maybe the best move he has made as an executive is he traded for Kobe Bryant when he was running the Lakers. So it almost is like it's coming full circle. That was Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Now that you're covered and and have at least a a nugget or a morsel or two to throw into each sports conversation you might stumble your way into today, we can dive further into a few of these conversations, including um, the Astros looking to hire Dusty Baker. Now, the Astros are in a funny place because they still have high expectations for their baseball team because they're paying a lot of guys a lot of money, right? You don't have Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Justin Verlander and and all of these guys without paying for them. And that's not even to bring up uh, the fact that Carlos Correa and George Springer and and all these guys are going to be expensive down the line as well. So, So they are expecting to win. The problem is, over the last three years... They've won quite a bit, and, and much of that is being attributed to cheating because they're dirty, dirty cheaters. Um, it's not a, a unfair label to put on the Astros that they are dramatic and obvious cheaters. So, so this hiring of their next manager, and it's not completely done with Dusty Baker, but it looks like that's what's going to happen, is, is one that is a high wire act, right? Because they need to get someone that is good enough to help them achieve some lofty goals, 
but they also need someone who is is good enough as a person to ensure that the the cheating stops now. Like keep the integrity of the program, or or restore, or re- yeah, the integrity of the program. What's left of it? So I'm looking at Dusty Baker and thinking this guy had four shots. Right, This guy had four shots to run a Major League Baseball club. The Giants, Cubs, Reds, and Nationals. He couldn't win a World Series with juiced up, steroided up Barry Bonds and, and, and Jeff Kent and, and a good team out there in San Francisco. Um, then he moved over to the Cubs. Couldn't do it. Reds couldn't do it. Nationals couldn't do it, despite the fact that he had Strasburg and, and, and Harper earlier in their careers. Um so baseball-wise, I'm looking at that higher and saying it's, it's uninspired, right? I, I don't think he will win more games than the other nine candidates that they interviewed. However, they need the integrity side of things, right? The other side of Dusty Baker is that he's run four programs, and by all accounts, every time he's left, everyone has spoken glowingly of him, even as they, they moved on from him, right? Even as they fired him, it was, he's a great guy. Oh, he ran that clubhouse well. He's the, oh, he's a fantastic individual. Just needed him to win more baseball games. So the Astros are looking at it going, you know what? May not have won more basketball game or excuse me, baseball games. Uh, did I say basketball? I, I, I meant baseball this whole time. Um, maybe we, we give up a couple baseball games here to have that grandfatherly 70-year-old baseball lifer, respects the game, knows the ins and outs of the, the unwritten rules and re- respects those as well. Um, it's it's a, a rock and a hard place for the Astros. Because think about this, right? Th- if they win the World Series this year, it kind of alleviates some of the the anger over the cheating because you realize, oh, they were that good anyway. However, if they say don't make the playoffs this year or something real crazy, uh, you know, go out in the first round or don't win the division, uh, look like a completely different team, then that will lead the rest of us to say, oh, the only reason they were good is because. Uh, the only reason they were good is because they were cheating. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're actually scrubs. And I remember, like, you know, couple, you know, just a few months ago, where you were talking about appreciating greatness, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I, I talk about appreciating like, greatness just, all the time. Like Justin Verlander, though, and then, and then you see this, it's like, oh, you know, the whole cheating thing. We, we we'll have to see if the pitching staff was was involved with the cheating at all. And, and there's been rumors for a long time that they scuff balls and help with spin rate and stuff on the pitching staff, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a foreign substance or two. But but obviously, pitch tipping doesn't affect the huh. the the pitching staff. Oh, okay. But but. You know, he won games because the offense did well, right? He gave up four runs and, and the team scored five. Then he won the game and got the win on his record. And and you look back and you think, you know, maybe they would have only scored three if they didn't have a pitch tip. Hmm. So, so I mean, the whole program is in a state of we need to play really well to justify the success we've had over the last three seasons. But we also need to be on the moral up and up uh, 100%. I'm not sure if Dusty Baker is the the guy to do the first part, but I think he's the guy to do the second part. So it's actually kind of nice to see the Astros valuing that over wins. Let's take a break. When we come back, speaking of coaches, Coach K had to be restrained from telling his own fans to shut up. What a wild move from a Hall of Famer. Next. Miss something? Yeah, we missed you so much. Download the Tim Donnelly Show podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 
Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski, Duke legend, five-time national champion, 11 years as the coach of, of the, the Team USA in the Olympics, um, Hall of Famer, right, uh, all-time wins leader, and apparently enemy of his own student section. <laughs> Yesterday, Pittsburgh goes to play at Duke. Pittsburgh is coached by Jeff Capel. Capel uh, played for Duke, was an assistant coach for Duke before becoming the head coach of Pittsburgh. So the fans decide to have a little bit of fun with them. And keep in mind the Cameron Crazies, as they're known, the Virginia Tech student section, or excuse me, the, the Duke student section. Let me get my, my team straight here. The Duke student section is known for being creative with their chants. They decide to have a bit of fun with Jeff Capel because he's one of their own, right? Because he went to Duke, because he coached at Duke, because he's a Duke guy, they chant, Jeff Capel, sit with us. Essentially saying, you'd rather be a part of Duke than you would Pittsburgh. Why don't you hop up off the bench and come cheer for Duke? I thought it was clever. I don't think anyone's personally hurt by that. I don't think anyone is... is uh, getting bent out of shape about it, being salty about it. Coach K ignited. He lost his mind. He had to be restrained by the officials before yelling, and I don't read lips well, but you could read every letter of shut up to his own fans. To his own fans. To an advantage that they have. Maybe he forgets that up until this year when they lost to Stephen F. Austin at home, they had by far the longest non-conference home winning streak in the history of college basketball, largely because that fan base is so darn fun. Now, after the game, he, he had the weirdest apology ever where he apologized saying, I, I guess he misheard them, which I don't know how Jeff Capel sit with us becomes anything else. I mean, I guess sit kind of rhymes with a word you wouldn't want him to use, but but that would become even weirder in the context of the sentence that is said. So so I don't know what he thought they said, um, <laughs> but he apologized. And then he came with, I'd rather make the mistake. This is a quote. I'd rather make the mistake and protect my guy. Let's think of a different cheer like defense. That that's his solution to take the most creative student section and and limit them to chanting defense. <laughs> defense. Rather than being creative. And my favorite part about this is is uh the crazies, right? The the fan base that Coach K was yelling at, his own fan base came out and and showed their uh their dirt page. I guess they actually distribute um, information about opposing teams, players, and coaches with quote-unquote dirt on them to use, like little oh, personal attacks. That's pretty cool. And under Jeff Capel, it said, played and coached at Duke. Uh, that's really all we have. Love, Co- love you, Coach Capel, or love you, Jeff Capel. They intentionally on their dirt page put how much they love Coach Capel, and Coach K ended up yelling at them for disrespecting Coach Capel. And keep in mind, I know this for a fact, right? Delaware played at uh, played at Duke 
when I was in school and I was very, very close with some of the players, um, the Cameron Crazies will get personal. Absolutely will get personal. They will talk about your personal relationships. They will talk about your children. They will talk about your your girlfriend, your your uh, the mother of your children. They will get personal. They might not chant it in unison, but individual voices will get personal. And and it's not a secret, right? It's not like these stories are new. It's not like these stories haven't happened year after year after year. But for some reason, Coach K felt like he needed to step in to defend a grown man. Oh, so so you're saying (laughs) you can say whatever you want to the 19-year-old kids playing for the opponents, but the moment you talk about the full-grown head coach of a program, adult, that went through college in the 90s, has been an assistant coach or a head coach in major college basketball for decades, the moment you come at him, that's where I draw the line. You better shut up because I'm a 72-year-old Hall of Famer without much grasp on my emotions. I'd rather make the mistake and protect my guy he was protecting his guy from his people. He's acting like the, the Cameron crazies aren't his guys as well, his gals as well. Come on. Where has common sense gone? Where has common sense gone? Let's see how much Jeff Capel makes. How about that? Let's see how much Jeff Capel makes. Well, I can tell you this much. I don't know how much he's making for uh, uh, Pittsburgh, but I can tell you his last year as an assistant at at, uh, Duke, according to the Post-Gazette, was more than $500,000 to be an assistant. So he's probably making a lot more than that to be a a head coach. Something tells me he can handle people telling him to come sit with him in the crowd. Coach K, man. You can't control yourself in that situation. Maybe that's why, you know, he he's so stressed and he has all those problems as he apparently carries his stress in his back and he has this stress problem and that stress problem. Maybe it's because you're worried about the wrong things and getting worked up about what your student section's saying. Let other teams' coaches handle other teams' coaches. That's all I have to say about that, Coach K. Mike Young would never. Mike Young would never. <laughs> Mike Young has become like a superhero in my mind. Yeah, he, he he's like he, he's become like the the superhero that doesn't have any superpowers, but is really smart. He's like the tech guy in in the superhero like a, movies. Yeah, like uh, what's oh, what's like a Lucius Fox or something in Batman or something, or where he like he creates all that. You you know the Dark Knight, right? Morgan Freeman's character. He like creates the. Is he not gadgets. Albert? Alfred? Alfred? No, he's not Alfred. He's Lucius Fox. All right, there you go. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, sticking in ACC basketball, UVA beats Florida State last night. What does that do for the league? Next.
Tim Donnelly's show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7 FM, 103.5 FM, and 1460 AM as well. You can also catch us online at WRADradio.com and live everywhere your phone has connection on the TuneIn app. Just search for WRAD Radio. Plays anytime from 6 to 9. Yeah, which, you I mean, you have cell phone connection pretty much anywhere except, like, underwater or something. So Everywhere except for underwater. That's not true at all. Wait, what? It's actually one of those things that kind of frustrates me, and I know it's the most, uh, you know, you're being spoiled complaint ever. What is the weird pockets where your cell phone doesn't get reception? Yeah. Like, when, when, if you talk with someone while you're, while you're driving, right, you have the Bluetooth, hands-free, all that kind of stuff, so you're, you're doing it safely and you're driving – there's still pockets in like, I'm not talking about you're driving up uh, on the top of a mountain or you're, you're, you know, two hours into a national forest. Like you're just driving down the road. There's like businesses on either side and you lose them for like 35 seconds. It makes so very little sense. Yeah. And like my, my house, like, or the road going back to my house has a dead spot every time. And, and, every time. And it's such, it's such a, like an annoying thing too. Cause you're like, you want to talk. You, a lot of times you're getting off work and going home. You want to talk to somebody and it happens just about every time. I just like, and obviously, I'm not an engineer. I'm I'm definitely not smart enough to answer this question. But why? <laughs> I know. Like, how can how can a cell phone tower or a satellite or whatever is working to make our phones work work here and 200 yards that way, but not 100 yards that way? I, I don't get it. So when when I say anywhere your cell phone has connection, I mean if you lose internet, you could lose the 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 live stream there for a couple of seconds, but you know, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Just fight through. You, you might get out before the devil even knows you're there. Country music, everybody. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought that was. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, and move along. Uh, ACC. The, the ACC basketball this season, I thought Florida State was going to be the stabilizer. Right? We'll even look at this from, a, from an NCAA standpoint. This season, we've had so many number one teams in the country lose, right? Michigan State, Duke, Louisville, Kentucky, all of these teams that, that rose to, to prominence and became the number one team in the country, and that's not even all of them, has lost. And, and what everyone has been looking for is that one team to rise up to, to that level and to, to, to hold it, right, to, to prove that they are worthy of that ranking. It seems like in every year there's one, two, three teams that are worthy of that mantelpiece, and once they get there, they keep it for a while. Uh, I guess Gonzaga could have been that team, but they actually got leaped by Baylor despite the fact that Gonzaga didn't lose just because their schedule was so light. Um, but, but there hasn't been that stability at the top. There isn't a team this year that is going to be the odds-on betting favorite to win the national title because – no one has proven once they've gotten to that level of hype that it was warranted. Uh, the ACC is proving to be similar, right? If you go back to the preseason, there were teams like uh, North Carolina that were all the way up in the top 10 in the country that are now afterthoughts. There have been teams like Virginia Tech that have jumped out to runs and, and gotten themselves well above 500 in the league that have since come back to earth and are sitting at 5-5. Five and five. There are teams like... Uh, uh, like Clemson, or that can knock off anyone, right? Clemson knocked off North Carolina and Duke back to back, and and I don't think anyone 
is calling them a, a preeminent favorite to to compete in the ACC. So there's been this this unpredictability to this year's college basketball season. And I was actually leaning on Florida State to be a team that that could prove to have some stability at the top of the conference, right? They were the highest ranked ACC team going into last night. And and I expected them with with some veterans on the team as well as some youthful exuberance with a a coach that has been around the block more than a few times in Leonard Hamilton, a team that is experienced, had good runs last year, good games last year. Um, I really, truly believed that they were going to rise to the top of the ACC and they were going to be the team to say, this is ours. At least for a couple weeks, this conference belongs to us. They lost to UVA last night, 61-56. They got Virginia. They got Virginia. They got Tony Bennett, right? They got bogged down by a team that played very good defense and had just enough offense. Right now, now you can argue how this is going to uh, how this is going to affect the Florida State Virginia Tech game that's coming up next on the schedule for Virginia Tech. Right, they might get a a angry and furious, very talented Florida State team, or maybe UVA showed the blueprint on how to beat Leonard Hamilton's squad. But either way, last night's loss for Florida State once again puts the 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 shake, right? It's the, the old Etch-a-Sketch shake on the Atlantic Coast Conference. And then looking to tonight, now there's Louisville, who's playing Boston College, knowing that if Louisville wins that game, they will likely jump back into the driver's seat of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And the question becomes, how long will they stay? How long until they face a down-and-out UVA team, but a down-and-out UVA team that does have talent, right, or a Miami team that, that despite their record in the ACC being 3-7, and seven, just coming off a big win over Virginia Tech that could turn around their team, or, or until Louisville plays uh, Clemson, who's proven they could knock anyone else off, or Duke, who, who's in the top 10 in the country, Right? How long until it gets shaken up again? This year is going to be a year where you know you're not going to have a number one who holds that that title even in conference for months on end. It it almost seems like the top of the conference is going to be a hot potato, and and the team that wins the tournament or the team that gets the regular season uh, title is going to be just whoever happens to be holding the hot potato at that exact time. Like a sort of a game, of ch- not really a game of chance, but just unpredictable. It, it's unpredictable. More so, and, and I know college basketball is inherently unpredictable. That's part of the reason why we love March Madness. Uh, you know, when you're depending on 18 to 22-year-olds to make split-second decisions while, an act- while a team is actively trying to entice them into bad decisions, uh, you're going to get unpredictability. But this year, even more so, on a macro scale, the top of the conference and the top of college basketball as a whole has been completely shaken up multiple times over. You know, if you if you look at this specific game, UVA beating Florida State, um, UVA, you know, needed to pack it. I don't want to say a near-perfect punch, right? They're still the defending national champions, and you have to put some respect on that name. But Mamadi Diakite scored 19. 
Braxton Key scored 13. Kihei Clark scored 15, right? Those are the three guys that Virginia needs to play well. They all scored between 13 and 19, those three guys. The rest of the team, including the other two starters and everyone on the bench, scored 14 points, right? So everyone else on the team essentially equaled one of Diakite, Key, or Clark. So, you know, if one of them wakes up that day and has an off day, uh, one of the big three for UVA wakes up and, you know, is having a hard time finding the range, then then UVA doesn't win. So so they had to have their A game ready to play, but it, it still shows that Tony Bennett can still game plan, right? He's still one of the best coaches in the country. No one's surprised by that, right? They they still have some guys that gained experience in on the biggest stages last year on the way to a national championship, and that's not going to change this year either. So that's just another team that is throwing a pebble in the shoe of the top of the ACC. UVA, I don't expect to get to the top of the ACC. However, if they keep playing like they did last night, they're going to spoil some teams with really high expectations. The, the ACC is decidedly Pac-12-like this year. We hear uh, Bill Roth, who's going to join us in about an hour and 15 minutes, uh, often say that the Pac-12 might be the most underrated basketball league. You look at the NBA, there are a ton of Pac-12 players that are playing professionally, but they beat each other up in a circle, and because of that, they very rarely have a preeminent team. You know, they 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 all are are near parity, so they beat each other, and and no one rises into that top three in the country. If you are the ACC, it looks like you're going to have that style of season this year. Let's take a break. When we come back, two games canceled due to the coronavirus. Uh, you know what? If it gets anywhere closer to here. We might have to cancel some shows. Stick around. Come for the sports talk, but please don't ask them to sing. Babe. I got you, babe. I got got you, you, babe. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro, live inside the Mockadoos studio. Guests and callers, join us on the Baker team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. Now, this is a like a legit serious thing, right? And I'm not trying to be part of the media hysterity that usually surrounds uh, situations like this, but the coronavirus, it's kind of scary. I don't particularly like uh, you know, infectious diseases, viral diseases that get that get passed around because um, you know, the, the, the nature of, of contagiousness is, is kind of weird, right? Yeah. You interact with someone and suddenly you got sick from them. Think even, about that. Even just the common cold. I'm like, yeah. Think about it. Um, and, and, and athletics even more so, right? And this is all on the heels of Miami of Ohio canceling a men's and women's basketball game after learning that a, a student that spent time in China uh, is showing symptoms, right? It hasn't been confirmed. I guess it's going to take about a week to get test results back. They've been quarantined inside their off-campus apartments, the the, the student that is showing the symptoms as well as their... Oh, man, that's, um, that's going to be scary for uh, them. As Yeah, I'm sure they're they're on the phone constantly with with friends and family. But uh, so they're, they're quarantined. The, the, the student that's showing the symptoms as well as their travel partner. Um, but I completely understand why a, a school would take the precautions involving athletics. Athletics are inherently 
a a kind of germ sharing endeavor. I mean, they're con well, not really contacts. Well, contact sport. Absolutely, yeah. it's a contact sport. Okay. But it's also um, you sweat and you sit down, and then someone else sits down on the bench. You're laying down on the floor, stretching. You're using weight room equipment. You're in the training room. There, the cuts and scrapes happen. Like, oh. like, like athletics are a place where where contagiousness is taken seriously. I've seen at a high school I was going to at the time the MRSA virus staph infection get passed around. Started in the 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 wrestling. Um, I don't know if it started there. The, the, when I learned of it, the wrestlers were getting it, and right those mats where you're you're pressing your face and body all up against it, and there's cauliflower ear and all those things. It, it spread through the the wrestling team very quickly. Uh, started hitting the the weight room once it got to the weight room. Basically, every uh, team had some form of someone that was dealing with it. Uh, from you know guys that got to it early and essentially had to wear a wrap on their arm for a week or two to. I, I, I still remember very vividly one of my teammates uh, spending weeks in the hospital fighting this infection and, and needing antibiotics and IVs pumped into his system 24 hours a day. Um, and there was at least preliminary discussions about amputation. Oh. So so I, I'm, I'm looking at this and thinking, heck, if you're canceling games, you better be sending kids home. Like, like you, you better be telling people, hey, if you live out of state, get out of state, right? Um, it, it's it's one of those deals where, uh, and I again, similar to the the engineering discussion we had earlier, um, I am not smart enough to answer the question I am about to ask. But where is the line drawn between sending kids home to make sure they stay safe and potentially having an outbreak? travel with kids that are sent home. That's right? what I was just about to say. Like, yeah. like I, I don't know, but I do know that athletics and sport becomes extremely secondary when, when it comes to preventing something like this from spreading, yeah. right? The jokes write themselves, right? I'm even a victim of the, the first time I saw coronavirus on Twitter. I, my, my first thought was it was a clever name for a, uh, for, for a hangover following Cinco de Mayo right? Coronavirus. I thought it was, you know, a, a hangover. And then you learn about the severity of it and you learn about how it's affecting other countries and, and you now it's even spreading here too. It's, and I believe, which doesn't it, make it any, like if, if the link I saw that was correct on the internet, which is a dangerous way to start a conversation at any point in time. Yeah. Um, I believe there are cases in, in Virginia, um, uh, which again, Twitter, I think it was actually a news source. So, so I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm okay going there. Um, you still just never know. It's you, you don't, and and if, and that's kind of the you err on the side of caution, right? You Absolutely. err on the side of caution. So Miami of Ohio canceled two games due to a possible coronavirus case on campus. Um, I'll tell you this much: if I were going to school at Miami of Ohio, um, I would have a holster on either hip, and they would be filled with hand sanitizer, and and they wouldn't just be hand sanitizer for me this week. They would be hand sanitizer, face sanitizer, neck sanitizer, body sanitizer, feet sanitizer. I would be spraying that stuff all over me every single chance. Anything that's exposed to the elements, if I'm wearing flip-flops, it's going in my toes. Would you just don't if, expose anything? Just like wear one bubble of those. Bubble boy? Yeah. Go, go bubble boy with it? Uh, maybe. And, and if I were an athlete, I would be, I would be nervous. 
Because, like yeah, I said, all jokes aside. Uh, like I said, a- athletics are a perfect petri dish for spreading of diseases. Um, I missed one workout in my entire college career. One singular. Wow. Never showed up late to a workout. Never missed a workout. Uh, the only one I missed is because I coughed kind of funny during a workout. They sent me to the doctor. I had strep throat. And, and they said, listen, if you are anywhere around the athletic facilities in the next 24 hours, you will run until you can't breathe. You will run until your feet bleed. You stay away because they were so worried about strep throat getting passed around my team and getting passed around uh, other teams and everyone else that used those facilities. So, so I, that was the only workout I ever missed. I got to sit at home and feel bad for missing a workout because I was on antibiotics. But it's those types of things that cannot be taken. And that's just strep throat, right? Strep throat is annoying, but you know, it doesn't appear to be as, as significant as a coronavirus or some of these other viral diseases that get passed around. Just hopefully they find a cure for it quick. Like, that's or, or, it's terrifying. A, a cure for it or, you know, they, they're able to manage the outbreak and, you know, quarantine who needs to be quarantined, fix them, and then, and then move on. Uh, so that's what's going on, Miami-Ohio basketball games. When we come back, it's time for Hokie Hour. We'll dive deep into Virginia Tech's loss to Miami. Why? How? What does it do to our expectations? Stick around.